Hey friends, this is your host, film critic and comedian Nate Wyckoff, and I just want to remind you to like and subscribe and go ahead and recommend this podcast slash YouTube series to anyone you think might enjoy it or people that you just don't like and you want to see them suffer through something you think they won't enjoy. Also, go to cultandclassicfilms.com and make sure you subscribe to get cult exclusive movies delivered in special editions to your door every month for dirt cheap. That's right. Our Patreon has awesome stuff you can get every month, as well as perks and discounts at our online store. And remember, you need to do this. Otherwise, our good friend, Sarge, there you go. Sergeant Kabuki Man will be after you. And just a heads up, most people that go against him end up dead in weird ways. So make sure not to do that. Here's your show and enjoy. Welcome to Cult and Classic. <laughs> Welcome, friends and fiends, to a very special episode of Cult and Classic Films Podcast. I'm your host, film critic and comedian Nate Wyckoff. And it's just me today, as I am still recovering from uh, our good old friend, COVID-19. Uh, make sure you stay safe out there. Do your best to wash your hands, use sanitizer, use masks if you feel a little sick coming on uh, because it's real, it's still out there, and it's no fun. But good news is I am here to talk to you about what's in theaters now, the films that we wanted to share our thoughts on here at Colton Classic Films Podcast uh, in particular. There's a lot of good stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff that's getting a lot of credit that maybe we disagree with. So let's hit it. We've got four movies to discuss today. We have Barbie from 2023. We have Talk to Me from 2023, uh, The Last Voyage of the um, Demeter from uh or demeter depending on who you ask from 2023 and uh let's see we've got one more which is bottoms from 2023 these are all in theaters right now as well as um, the last voyage of the demeter is sorry i don't know why people are, are talking to me now on my phone they, they never want anything to do with me until i'm stuck at home for weeks on end uh, but the last voyage of the demeter is also streaming right now so you can check that out on amazon.prime and uh perhaps paramount plus i don't remember who else has it but it's there so you can find that whether you want to go out in the theaters or watch it from the uh, germ-free safety of your own home okay so uh that said i apologize if the audio quality is a little different than usual we are uh, recording from a, a quarantined bedroom instead of our nice wonderful studio so uh bear with us but let's start with Barbie. So everyone has heard the praise of Barbie, and we're here to tell you that it is legitimate. Uh, personally, I adore Barbie. It actually might be my favorite film that has hit uh, mainstream theaters this year. Uh, of course, we have star Margot Robbie, the amazingly talented and beautiful um, Australian actress. But we have a hugely good cast here. We have Kate McKinnon as the quote-unquote weird Barbie. We have a, a, a huge cast of people playing different Barbies, as well as different Kens. We have Simon Liu. We have um, uh, Kingsley um, Benadir, Scott Evans, of course, who is Chris Evans' brother. John Cena has a little bit in there. And this is a movie directed and written by Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig did probably most memorably Lady Hawk, I believe from twenty. 17 if memory serves um and it's also co-written by noah bombach noah bombach very excellent writer wrote spin the whale um and uh, worked a lot with wes anderson on the scripts including um the life aquatic with steve's as so which is a personal personal favorite as well so there's lots of great things to talk about this and i also want to say of course this is uh, the big return of our absolute favorite individual Michael Sarah. He plays Alan, who has become uh, sort of a, a beloved icon already, uh, especially among uh, 
queer and non-binary individuals because he sort of rides the line between the Ken and Barbie dynamic in this film. So what's really cool about this movie is one, it's beautifully shot, beautifully designed. We have Barbie's world, which is very plastic and funny in that um, the, the live action characters do things that maybe dolls would only do. Uh, we have the famous and many people obsessed with Margot Robbie's feet standing in the Barbie heel position uh, even without shoes which apparently she actually did it is not modified uh, for the film and then we have um, the real world which is very much the real world uh, there are jerks and normal people and we have america uh, ferrera playing the sort of real world woman uh single well not a single mother but um we don't see much of her husband in this film but who is sort of bringing the real world struggles of, of women to uh, stereotypical Barbie, played by Margot Robbie, and thus to Barbie land. And she has a wonderful speech that you can certainly see online, TikTok and, and Tumblr and everything. It's everywhere. Uh, and it is uh, just beautiful and really heartfelt and painful. And uh, it should tell us all that women need to be treated equal and, and equal, and we all need to be treated better. So let's make it equal and then raise it up a bar. Uh, but it's a beautiful movie. It's very funny. It has a lot of nuance that is not necessarily to be expected from what on the surface could appear to be a quote-unquote stupid funny comedy. Uh, there is there are some heartfelt moments. There's some meta moments as well, such as when a uh, stereotypical Barbie runs into uh, an older woman and says she's beautiful. That older woman is actually the costume designer for this film and the costumes, especially if you know anything about um, classic Barbie, uh, really, really cool recreations of some iconic costumes. If you're interested at all in Barbie from a kitsch standpoint or from uh, a, a historical or toy or or a feminist standpoint, uh, I urge you to go on to Trixie Mattel's Trixie Cosmetics YouTube channel. Uh, she has a really fun couple of short, um, like 20 minute, 15, 20 minute episodes from her favorite decades of Barbie because she's a big Barbie collector. You can see some of that collection if you go visit the Trixie Motel down here in Palm Springs. Anyway, Barbie is a wonderful film. It's funny. Uh, and Ken, as a straight man, uh, Ken, played by Ryan Goslin, in particular, uh, is a really just excellent and fresh character. At first, he seems just like the stupid, uh, stereotypical, um, dumb male character that we get. Um, you know, I mean, I love Homer Simpson, but that's his sort of role as well. And we get, um, and it's, it's not, it's not necessarily bad for a comedy film of this sort but what's more is that we end up getting the performative masculinity conversation going where he doesn't actually know who or what he's supposed to be he's just performing the role that has been designed uh and, and we're born into in our culture uh, of masculinity you know uh, strong take charge bully um power over women kind of dynamic and uh that's called into question and it really comes to a head in the climax of the film and I thought it was absolutely fantastic and surprising I honestly didn't expect it so Barbie was a huge standout for me this year and I, I really urge people to see it um, and and go into it just without expectation because I think that it's going to subvert whatever expectations you have uh, regarding what you think it's going to be okay so Barbie gets our thumbs up next I'm going to talk about the last voyage of the Demeter this movie is Universal's uh, most recent vampire Dracula story it is taken or imagined from um, 
an early section in Bram Stoker's Dracula novel where uh, Dracula is transported to London uh, and is by vote. And the idea is it's been called this many times. You've probably heard it if you've read anything about the film Alien on a Boat. Yes, it is very much like Alien on a Boat in that there is a monster, i.e. Dracula, picking off members of the boat one by one. What elevates this is the cinematography and design is beautiful. There's perhaps a little bit too much emphasis on some 3D um, overlays and effects. Some of the blood is 3D rain, um, which is well done, but it, it serves to cover up the really excellent practical effects on Dracula. I mean, this is Dracula as a monster, and we haven't gotten this kind of Dracula in far too long. Um, he's terrifying. He's freaky. He's not a person. Uh, and it's it's very wonderful to see that. This film was directed by um, Andre Overdahl, who did um, uh, probably, some people remember from the autopsy of Jane Doe, very graphic, freaky movie that came out of nowhere. But I personally love him as, as soon as I saw Troll Hunter from 2010. Troll Hunter is a, a mockumentary uh, about, I believe, Norwegian trolls. And it is, uh, I recommend it. If you like um, Taiki Watiki is uh, what we do in the shadows. Watch Troll Hunter. It's it's less funny, more serious, but it is absolutely delightful. So check that out. Um, but the last voyage of the Demeter is uh, a very well uh, done film. Uh, I saw what I think is an accurate description, which is if this is the film that Universal tried to launch MonsterVerse with instead of uh, the Tom Cruise iteration of the Mummy, uh, it would have been a very different story. It would have done, I think, quite well. Um, the cast is very good in this film. Uh, you have uh, um, uh, Corey Hawkins as the lead, uh, a black doctor. Uh, and of course, this is in ye olden times. Uh, so we have him trying to uh, uh, to get um, to where the ship is going, to London, um, on as a, as a crew member. And he ends up sort of being the detective that figures out, figures out what's going on. We have Iceling uh, Francisi. Uh, probably butchering her name and I apologize, but she plays Anna, a Romanian um, woman who is basically aboard as Dracula's food and uh, Corey Hawkins' character, Clement, saves her and she's the only one that really knows anything about Dracula. We have the, I'm so happy to see him get kind of a lead role here. Um, David Dasmalkin, who uh, is of course Polka Dot Man from um, uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, as well as, I mean, so many other things. I remember first noticing him as the schizophrenic in a very small scene in uh, Dark Knight, uh, where, where Joker is using schizophrenics to carry out his will because they are untrustworthy when, when pressed for information. Uh, he just he steals the scene and it's nice to see him around and you may have seen him co-host uh, the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards with uh, Good Fiend of the Pod, um, uh, brain is going blank peaches christ so he's he plays a, a heavy role in this everyone does a, a great job acting uh, liam cunningham plays the captain of the ship what i will say is that occasionally the script misses the mark with some of the big dialogue scenes for example uh, uh david's character is the first mate and he is untrusting of, of Clemens, Corey Hawkins' character, and, and gives him some, some guff about essentially being educated where everyone else is not educated. 
and thinking he's better. And then uh, Corey Hawkins' character of Clemens delivers a speech about how difficult it is to be black. And regardless of his education, he will not be hired because he's black. The, the issue is, is that the intent is there, but the actual dialogue does not, does not make those connections that it needs to. Um, it seems like maybe it was either overworked or underworked. Um, it's not a huge deal because we have the main uh, draw of this film is the spooky Dracula and terrifying murders, et cetera. It does a lot of fun things, kind of changing the Renfield concept. Uh, I will say, though, there isn't an official Renfield character in this, which did sadden me. Um, but, it, you know, Universal also just did uh, Renfield, uh, the the comedic but also very classic Universal Bela Lugosi um, Dracula take with Nicolas Cage uh, and Nicholas Holt. So, and Aquafina, which was a lot of fun. If you haven't seen that, um, I, I definitely recommend it. It's a, a hyper gory, cartoonish, enjoyable uh, comedy with, uh, with Nicolas Cage doing a really great Bela Lugosi sort of um, inspired performance. So this is a, a good film. I enjoyed it, uh, as did the people that I saw it with. Uh, again, I don't know the actual plot is nothing new, but the interpretation of Dracula is quite delightful. And I would love to see a follow-up to this film, which it does set up uh, perhaps in a standard way, but uh, a, a, a good serviceable way nonetheless. So definitely check this out, especially if you're a vampire fan. This is the first chance we've had to see a really strong, monstrous vampire in a long time. And the fact that it's Dracula is uh, fitting. So the next movie we're going to talk about here is the only one on this list that I actually did not enjoy. And this is going to be controversial for some people. In fact, Peter Jackson, I, I clickbait article, uh, so who knows the validity, but said this was his favorite horror film in the last decade, I, I think they said. Uh, but this is Talk to Me, uh, which is um, directed by uh, Danny and Michael Filippo, who again, apologies if the pronunciation is off, but they uh, this film i believe actually premiered at sundance or played at sundance uh, and it did fairly well uh my sister-in-law was there and saw it uh and, and spoke highly of it lots of people have the plot is is that a group of friends have in high school have this um ceramic hand and when they say a couple of words just talk to me or, or etc uh while holding it a spirit, a dead person appears to them and they can invite them to possess their body for up to, I think, 90 seconds before um, things become problematic. And they do it as a party trick, uh, as like a, a drinking, you know, a, or rather a, a high school party game. And I will say that that is a great device for a plot. I think it's a lot of fun and it offers a lot of um, really potentially great stories. Um, this film was written by Danny Flippo, Bill Hensman, and Daley Pearson. Um, he, the problem comes in with the actual plot that occurs once the device is made clear. Uh, we have the lead who does a fantastic job. This is one of the, the good things about this movie uh, is that we have uh, uh, Sophie Wilde playing Mia, uh, a young black girl who is uh, has lost her mother and her, her father is very distant and she's sort of been taken in by her friend's family she's very close to especially her friend's younger brother here's here's the issue that comes up is we have her friend's family is kind of awful uh to her they they actually it's very quickly apparent that she is not 
family to them. She's an outsider, considered a screw up. Uh, it's it's just you don't like them at all, uh, and you feel like Mia is, is totally thrown to the wolves in this movie, and she is. And essentially, the plot revolves around her getting shit on both uh, socially and physically for the entire movie uh, until the end, which is just further abuse on her character. It's no fun to be had there. Um, there's a couple of, of moments of extreme violence that are uh, effective because they're so shocking. Um, the only other good person that you like in this movie is the younger brother who uh, gets the the worst physical violence of it. And there's a very disturbing scene uh, in which he tries to pull out his own eye, et cetera. But, Again, after the first, perhaps third, maybe half of the movie, once we've learned what we're going to learn about the the psychic hand, uh, everything just falls downhill. It becomes just waiting for the end of the movie. And then the end, it seems like it's supposed to be a twist. It's not a twist. You, you can easily understand what's going to happen. Uh, and so basically what you wind up with is uh, a good device for a movie with a couple of good scenes uh, degenerating into a movie that just shits on its lead character who also happens to be black which feels very unfortunately accurate but also no fun uh, and a disappointing ending that just leaves you wanting another story centered around this and the sequel because this movie is done well it is by a24 who we love here has already um, been has already moved into pre-production and i you can only hope that it brings a new story rather than something connected with this one because this one frankly was a, a, a real failure from a narrative standpoint so if you're expecting a good story you won't get it here if you're expecting a good device you will get it but the device is hindered by uh a run-of-the-mill crappy story i mean it's a little bit other the others it's a little bit um uh insidious it's a, a little bit um gosh there's there's so many movies that it sort of is derivative from uh the hand is the only thing that's unique and frankly the hand is such a small part of it also the motivation of the the dead people in this movie to do what they do is radically unclear um it actually seems like it was supposed to be a a side story in insidious which if you know my previous reviews insidious is fine um but it's not the high grade of horror movie that we want in these kind of independent um highbrow features you're not going to get any brilliant uh iconic imagery and high concept such as you get with men uh or or um or you, and you're not going to get the really good classic monster fright spooks action that you get with something like um 2023's boogeyman you're just not going to get those here and it's a missed opportunity it's like they had a really great idea with the hand seance concept and then they didn't know what to do with it so they shoehorned together uh, a sort of generic done-to-death plot that ends depressing without any payoff so uh i frankly give this one a pass wait for the sequel and hope that it has nothing to do with the characters in this one and just keeps the device as the catalyst and hope that it has more to do with the device of the hand because that was the the interesting part of the movie and it doesn't go anywhere after the first half so 
In fact, we see it occasionally, like falling out of backpacks and things, and it really has no purpose. Uh, plus, the as I mentioned, the the sort of internal logic of the story doesn't make sense when you start to break it down. In fact, when I left the theater, that was something I heard from several different groups as I was hanging around listening, which was the, I don't get it. It didn't make sense because why did this happen? But this happened, but we heard this and then this didn't pay off. It, it just, when you sit with it, it becomes very disappointing. If you watch it and then you try not to think about it at all and analyze it, you might have a, a better time than I did. But as a critic who tries to analyze these films and, and I don't think it has lasting appeal. All right. So uh, that leaves us with our last film, which was a massive shock to me. I did. I knew nothing about this movie except that um, it had uh, the leads were, were gay characters to lesbian high schoolers. Uh, and it's called Bottoms, which is the worst thing about this movie is the title because it, it is a huge misdirect that it doesn't make any sense, um, especially when you're hearing that a, a queer centric movie is called bottoms uh especially for those of us in uh heavily gay communities it sounds like gay men bottoming uh with anal sex i mean that that is what the term is typically used as that has nothing to do with this movie it is literally not present uh at all uh and so that's the the worst part everything else in this movie is kind of fantastic and if you hear this movie and and you see the poster which features the two lead characters sort of doing a Conan pose with their arms up and muscle with women gripping them and all the male characters uh, like lying on the ground uh, and sort of supine subservient forms. You would think this is just a dumb high school comedy, which I mean, if that's your thing, there's nothing wrong with that. But that is not what this movie is at all. In fact, this movie is a shopping, shockingly hyper violent, weird, uh, totally out there bonkers concept. And did I mention it's hyper-violent? It is, and it's delightful. So this movie uh, is about two women, uh, two girls, PJ and Josie, played by Rachel Sanat, who also co-wrote the script, and Ayo Edabiri, who is a fantastic actor people may have seen in several TV shows uh, of late. And uh, it, they want to lose their virginity at the end of, before the end of high school. And they're, they're in their senior year. So big surprise, that's a typical high school comedy plot, right? But the difference is, is the way they do it is they form a, through a series of weird coincidences, they form a women's self-defense club that turns into a women's fight club in high school. And it features uh, lots of blood, lots of brutal strikes. And these women come together in sort of a, uh, uh, camaraderie and this this club brings them together and gives them a sense of, of, of um, shared experience, support, etc. that they wouldn't normally get. The problem, of course, then comes when the truth uh, is revealed that PJ and Josie uh, started it to get laid. And uh, spoiler alert, one relationship works out, the other does not. And it's nice because the one that doesn't work out is because the, the character that, uh, that Rachel Senna's character, PJ, is going after is not gay. And that's nice because uh, you, you, you see that some people may be uh, bisexual or, um, or another form, have another identifier, uh, whereas others are straight. And it's nice because uh, in, in a movie that is often framed as queer centric we don't always see that just like in a in a any other kind of movie in the american market and most other markets it seems uh we only get heterosexual centric films where uh no one is gay so it's nice to have uh both both sides of the coin here 
represented in a fun way. Uh, there's, as I said, hyperviolence, there's death, there's swords. It is, it becomes more and more bonkers. Uh, there was were some complaints among other reviewers that I saw this with that the tone shifts from scene to scene, from sort of serious comedy to extreme satire to um, hyper-violent goofball slapstick. That is true, but I will say that the, and often I have a problem with tone shifts as well in movies. In this case, however, the, the shifts seem to me to be consistent. Uh, in fact, so you're consistently inconsistent with the tone. And because of that frequent change back and forth, it feels intentional rather than accidental it can be jarring but it's a lot of a lot of fun uh ruby cruz is in this plays hazel another uh gay character who's not the lead but is a supporting role who is really the sweetest character in this and really serves i think the strongest performance although everyone does a good job uh kaya gerber plays Brittany, who uh whose greatest sin in this is looking 20 years older than everybody else like a supermodel uh but that is her character as well and she does a great job of never breaking character which is fantastic havana roselieu plays isabel on um, one of the love interests uh, a great job being the sort of um trophy girlfriends to the um uh, jerk jock uh the and rachel senate of course and io edibiri especially io do a really fantastic job in their roles if you had to pick a lead it would be io she gets more screen time um, but rachel senate does a good job of playing the lead that is a jerk that nobody likes you know sort of the uh, a farther take of the brody from mall rats just she's just too destructive to like but she does come around in the end so the fact that she is both a lead character and yet somehow secondary to the character of Josie um, by Ayo uh, Edebiri, it feels right um, because we get to stick more with the the more identify uh, the, the character we can identify with a little more uh, but we still get the sort of internalized anger and and rejection of typical female lesbian high school roles in PJ. So we get everything we would want together. Uh, all the men are total douchebags in this movie. Um, let's face it, as a as a as a gender, we deserve it. <laughs> um, so that is not really wrong. Elizabeth Banks produced this film, was one of the producers. And I gotta say, she's on a string of success between Cocaine Bear, which we absolutely loved in this film. Uh, the the oddball movies keep rolling out and they are absolutely worth seeing um while barbie is my top pick this year this is a close second uh it's just out in left field it's not playing in every theater but if you get your chance go see bottoms it is really great don't let the title and the poster throw you the marketing was totally off base for this movie i'm not sure exactly what their goal was it seems like one of those marketing cases where they're trying to trick people to see it but if they marketed it in a more direct way to show what the movie has in it including the the slapstick hyperviolence, the extreme satire, um, it, I think it would have done better. So that's unfortunate in that case, but don't miss out on it. Uh, and it's also one of those movies, you know, it's not massively special effect laden. If you, if you can't see it in theaters, stream it at home, buy it, watch it at home, it's not going to disappoint. All right, so that's it for our take of theater in the theater now. Um, Barbie, yes, talk to me. Unfortunately, I think it's a pass. Um, give the sequel a shot. Hopefully they'll, they'll have a better story to back up the, the interesting concept uh the last voyage of the demeter solid entry into the dracula um 
franchise and mythos. Um, I'm not really going to give it away, but the the take on Dracula as sort of a fiend is really um, new and and welcome. And then uh, Bottoms, just a lot of fun. I will throw one more point in with Bottoms, which is I don't like a lot of high school comedies because even quote unquote raunchy ones that are meant for adults, where they hinge on like this one sounds like it well they hinge on sort of the big secret the um she's all that he's all that reveal of like it was all a bit you know that kind of thing it gets tired it gets annoying you just want the characters to be honest and come out with it because it would solve a lot of problems yes there's that in this movie but it seemed at least to this reviewer to not hinge so much on it from scene to scene um that you that you were super aggravated by it there were enough characters coming in and going out and enough other things involved that really carried the movie on my biggest complaint with it besides the marketing uh is that it the the end sort of builds on this whole uh, high school spirit high school shared identity which for this reviewer is and in my life is absolutely terrible uh high school spirit seems to be just another way to control uh such as uh military or uh police brotherhood or um the the corporate culture as a quote-unquote family those are all just ways to hold us back guys don't uh, and gals don't and non-binaries don't don't buy into it don't buy into it uh do do what's fun about it and uh toss the rest aside you don't need it you'll find your own group that shares your ideas, bizarrenesses, all that stuff. And I think you have hopefully here with cult and classic films. So thank you so much. Please make sure you rate us, review us, all the stars, like, and subscribe uh, wherever you get this, either on YouTube or whatever your podcast providers. You can always listen to us at cultandclassicfilms.com as well. And go to cultandclassicfilms.com uh, or patreon.com slash cultandclassicfilms to join our movie club where we send you for uh cheap prices a an exclusive blu-ray cult movie that you won't find in this form anywhere else uh to to your door every month and it's fantastic and right now uh if you're listening to this when this uh comes out in september of 2023 we have um uh mark mackner of the daisy durkins series we have his first uh feature film uh fully remastered and we'll do the cover reveal for it, which is a doozy uh, this week, probably late this week. And it is uh, what you'll get this this week or this month if you sign up. Um, check it out. You will enjoy it. It is a funny, bizarre, insane, uh, massive cast of characters movie that also features um, Superfly Suka, uh, former WWE and late um, WWF legend, uh, who may or may not have been a murderer you know uh, it may never be solved so that is a weird little thing that this movie has as well that you can uh read up on and learn about and check it out it's a lot of fun thank you so much i'm your host film critic and comedian nate wyckoff and to play us out as always is the chud with all about you
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colton Classic Podcast. This podcast is important to me, but what's more important are the rights, privileges, and freedom from violence of everyone in this country and in this world. And that means supporting Black Lives Matter. If you'd like to make a donation, please go ahead and visit coltonclassicpodcast.com where we have a list of places you can donate and help out. And please stay safe.